Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. Doing something a little bit different today. Um, One of the Wednesday nights before we took a break for the summer, I asked Pastor Joe to uh, share with us. Pastor Joe as you know, is our family life pastor, and he is ministers to everyone, but specifically working with families with children still in the home and um, th- partnering with those parents to help them and to also uh, build relationships uh, with them, the future of, the future of our church. Uh, he began something during the pandemic when we stopped and he was started zoom meeting with some of the young men in the church and that has gone beyond any expectation that we could ever ever imagine in that Uh, last week they had a picnic had a great turnout for that it's important it's important to connect and there's a difference between making contact and making a connection a contact we can leave a message but making a connection That's what makes the difference. And we're working hard during all of this time to help everyone connect, connect with someone. And so anyway, I I thought on uh, the Wednesday online service, we'd talk about uh, raising godly children in an ungodly world. And when we did it, I think we, didn't we do it for a couple weeks? I forget. We did uh, two weeks in a row. Yeah. One, One of them was that, and one of them was about the discipleship stuff. Oh, discipleship stuff. Right. Um. So we thought, you know what, we need to do this in church, and we need to do it in a larger setting. Now, I recognize that, you know, a lot of you don't have children in the home anymore, but there is a... Oh, yeah. That was Dora celebrating empty nest. We, uh... When we go out to eat, although we've done it a lot less lately, we take pictures and send it to the kids, and we tell them we go to nicer restaurants <laughs> now, that, now that we don't have to pay for you. Now you can get uh, appetizers. Yeah, yeah, now we can get, now we don't have to just, we can get an appetizer and don't have to drink just water. Uh, just soda, by the way, iced tea. <laughs> <laughs> it is an Italian church. Yeah, I know. Anyway, um, but, but all of the knowledge that we have, and even something that you hear today, although it might not apply to you directly, you don't know who God's going to put in your path. And so all of the knowledge that we have, we become then stewards of. You know, we become uh, an agent that God can use to share wisdom and truth with, with others. I talked about the baby dedication that I did a few, few weeks ago, and now that family is watching online. That came through a, an aunt relationship, that in talking with the niece and they had a child and, and, you know, maybe not in the church realm that we would see, but yet has a, 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 a spirit that wants to draw closer to God. Well, that aunt, her children are, are grown. Uh, they're more my age, but because she made that connection, had that connection, God is working through that. So everything that we share is to be stewards of. Some will relate to you directly. Some will relate to you as a grandparent, that you're blessed to have grandchildren. And some of you are blessed to 
have real close contact with your grandchildren. And there's a whole generation of children being raised by grandparents. Uh, and thank God for the grandparents, because who knows where these poor children would be. And so we're going to share a little bit about that, raising godly children in an ungodly world. And our verse uh, today uh, is that, so that you may be blameless and pure, which is the opposite of everything that's going on in the world, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. That was 2,000 years ago, uh, a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. And the reason we can see the stars in the sky is because of all the darkness around there's a lot of darkness around, and yet we can still shine like stars. Now, just a word of caution to you, not everyone likes the light. I was uh, picking up some firewood and things um, and moving some things around, and when I picked up this larger piece, all the bugs scattered because they didn't like the light. Not everyone in your life will like the light. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to live the light, shine the light, and let God work in their hearts and in their lives. And last thing I'm going to say, I promise, um, we went so fast online. I, I, I thought you were going to say crush them like the bugs. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. The, uh, the, uh, not everybody is going to like the light. I forgot what I was going to say, so yeah, maybe too. that's more important. It's my fault. No, that's your fault. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it was. Anyway, so we're going to talk a little bit uh, today about this. It'll hit me sometime tonight. I'll post it on Facebook. Um, so, Pastor Joe, you're, uh, my children are grown and out of the house, as Dory, uh, Dory mentioned. Uh, whoop, whoop. Pro you know, the problem with online is I tell the same jokes online that I do on site, and my children watch online. So I still can't harass them the way that I would want to because I'll get texts from them, and they still want me to buy them lunch. I can show you how to silence those texts. So yeah, I know. I know. Things. I need to. <laughs> but what are some of the challenges? Okay, so your children are, are younger still, and each generation faces different challenges. What are some of the challenges that our children are facing now that are different than when you were growing up, when I was growing, growing up? So... Um, when we were getting ready to have this Wednesday night discussion, I actually uh, went to my children and I said, hey, what are, what's the most difficult thing for you? What's some, one of the really hard things that you guys deal with or that you're going through? And I asked each one of them. And the, the two things that uh, came up were, one was that um, basic truths are under assault. Now that's not how it was stated. <laughs> they were saying it's hard to know the difference between right and wrong and everybody's trying to tell us different things and stuff like that so there's a confusion as to what is right and uh but you know i i cleaned it up into basic truths are under assault right now we used to know the difference between right and wrong we used to have solid foundations and and, and concrete things that we knew all right at least we can trust this at least we know this to be accurate and in this generation, it's, it's all of that is out the window. It's just a, a generalized kind of thing. Um, I, I think I made a joke about it on the Wednesday night thing. Uh, we're told in one breath that uh, there's no such thing as truth, hmm. but then we're also told that science is the only truth. And I said, uh, you know, so you can't know whether you're a boy or a girl, but we know for sure that you came from a monkey. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you, you can't tell what gender you are, 
uh, because you know that can be so subjective and we, there's no way to really know that. But we know for sure uh, that you, you came from a monkey, even though there's, uh, I'd say, significant evidence for the one and, and less for the other. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but it, it's something that they're really facing these days. Is, Absolutely. It's just those, those pillars of our, our society are being torn down and it's getting to them. There were times where you know there were certain principles that everyone would hold to honesty integrity you know some of those things whether they were believers or not those are just all being torn down and the bible talks about it what was right is now wrong and what is wrong is now right and and it talks about in the new testament what was done in the darkness now what was done in the darkness is glorified and if you don't agree with it, then you're the enemy and you're the, you're the bad person. And our children, one of the words that we use is, are being bombarded. And if you could picture, you know, bombs going off, they're just being bombarded in, in every, every turn by, by these, you know, by these things. So what are some of the other, um, so the other challenges? The other big one that came up was actually um, social media. Uh, I, I was talking to him and, and one of the kids said that uh, one of the biggest things that his friends worry about uh, and are concerned about is social media and the way that they are portrayed on there. They're worried about um, how they're going to look. They're worried about uh, being attacked on there. They're worried about kids coming after them on it. Um, and you just have one thing go wrong on there and all of a sudden your whole life can be thrown into chaos because of something that happens on social media. And so I opened it up and uh, I took that one particular part, but I would throw out as technology as a whole is one of the real struggles that our uh, children and this generation are facing. Um, a lot of the things that I think through of just some of the other difficulties that kids are having these days inside of families, broken homes, other stuff like that, a lot of it, uh, technology feeds some of those things. And again, I'm not anti-technology. Uh, we are being broadcast right now on YouTube. We had a online service earlier. There's some great thing. We had all this worship stuff. I'm using a microphone. I have cell phones. You know, technology is a wonderful thing in moderation and used yeah. in the right way. It's, it's a, technology is a great tool, but it's a terrible God, yeah. you know, that controls your life. It's a good tool, but it's a terrible God. Right. If we use it to point people to God, that's a good thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, for sure. Well, you, I mean, and you look at, um, you have all kinds of issues inside the home that, that come out as a result of it. Um, I mean, like, we, could, we could do a whole thing on this, but uh, you have stuff where, you know, kids are just have access to things that they should never have wow. access to. Um, it's all wide open out there. It that, used to be, let me you, just, have, you yeah. have to go look out. Well, exactly. Now think, yeah, think about it. You had to go out of your way for some of these things without being too, too graphic. Now it comes to you. You don't have to go to it. Uh, and it's, it's frightening. Absolutely frightening. But then even besides just the kids' interaction with it, right, uh, it, it comes into play in the, in the family as a whole where uh, you could have the kids, you know, you, you're, you as a parent do everything right. You set up their technology the right way. You, you put limits on things and you do all that stuff. And uh, then, you know, you tell the kids to get off at a certain time, but then, you know, 
you have you have parents who are on it even when the kid gets off, so they're they're not having that interaction with the parent, and it's just it's 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 a whole circular cycle thing that goes on right now where technology is really impacting our, our families. I think. Right absolutely, now. absolutely. Uh, so, what are some of the practical steps uh, that that we can all take? Uh, in light of this. I don't, I don't think we have any disagreement on uh, an ungodly world and the challenges that our children are facing are different. Um, I, I never thought about it because, again, my kids are in a different stage, but um, the bullying that takes place online mm -hmm. is tremendous. I used to, you know, take the bus home. Uh, I didn't walk uphill both, both ways in the snow with no shoes. I, you know, took the bu bus took, uphill. Took the bus uphill, but... <laughs> You know, in, in 20 minutes, 25 minutes that it took to get home, at least when you were being bullied, it was at school. Yeah. Now, in 25 minutes, something could spread online through social media faster than what, I mean, I, that's a lot of pressure. And there's, there's no safe spot, right? So yeah. it used to be, yeah, you'd right. be getting picked on at school, you come home and you're home. All right. I don't have to deal with that till the next day. Now it's you get home and they can just keep getting you right at home yeah. too and, and right through social media and all that. And actually, sometimes it might even get worse at home yeah. because at school you're at least somewhat constrained by teachers and things like that, but when they get home, they can just unload and do whatever yeah. they have to do. So, that's right. Yeah. So what are some, uh, what are some steps, uh, practical steps that we can do to raise godly children in this godless world? So number one, and it's always number one, and it's number one for a reason, is pray. And it's one of those things where, you know, I think as Christians, we hear pray sometimes and we're like, okay, yeah, pray. Yeah, I get it. We, we've heard that before. But it's important. Pray. You're, you need to pray for your kids. You need to be, uh, uh, you know, as Christians, we need to be people who are in prayer. Um, God's hand, prayer can move God's hand. And, and God just can do incredible things when we ask him to. He tells us, come to me, ask, and I'll do it for you. And, and our kids need to be prayed for. We need to be praying for them for right now, the things that they go through on a day-to-day. -day. Um, hey, Lord, be with my kids tomorrow as they go to school. You know, keep away the bad kids and the bad influences and help them to make those good friendships and have the right kids brought into their circle. You know, pray for them for right now and pray for their futures. Uh, it's important to say, hey, Lord, uh, you know, bring the, the right person at the right time the right spouse, the, you know, for, I have two boys, bring the right girl along at the right time. Uh, uh, you know, which is a long way off yet. Which is a, uh, long, forever and ever, way off I mean, yet. years yeah. and decades away, but I got to start praying now. That's right. <laughs> Val, no, don't do you it. good with that? Amen. It. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Yeah. This is, you know, this is too why, you know, we do a lot of what we do here at the church, the game room youth pastor, family life pastor, all of that. We want our children and young people to have a place, a safe place where they can go and build relationships with other believers. You understand most of what we do is not about what we say it is. It's not about the game room. It's about building relationships. You see, it's not about the barbecue bash. It's about building relationships. It's about celebrating what God has done. It's not about, you know, whatever. It's about these principles and all of these things are tools to make that, to make that happen. Mm. And um, I mean, I've not faced this here recently. Uh, when, maybe when I first came, you know, the idea was, well, we never had uh, 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 I don't know, ping pong. 
you know, when we were growing up. Well, and what's your point? You didn't have electricity when you were. Yeah, you didn't have electricity <laughs> either. Yeah, I'm that's, just kidding. I'm that's, just kidding. That's Calm Pastor down. Joe D'Onofrio <laughs> at uh, callhimaboutthat.com. Um, but yeah, you know, we're not ministering to the way things were. We're ministering to the way things are. You know, and that's a large part. And you all know that. I mean, you all gave to make it happen. You understand that. Yeah. You understand that. That's why we do those things. Um, this church has been great. They I really, mean, they're, they're they're really see the vision. Uh, I've said it a couple times up here when, we're, when I'm talking, and we're doing the time of offering and everything. This church is great in supporting the young people. You guys have really caught the vision of the church of, of wanting to branch out and, and really help raise up those younger people and, and get them in the right situations yeah. with the right people Huge. getting to know them and, and things like that. So. I told Pastor Rowe when we, I don't know if it was when we interviewed her or um, shortly after she came, this church loves young people and you lead them and whatever you need, the people will respond. And that's true, isn't it? Two years, however long you've been here, 12, 14 years, almost three now. It's just, maybe just for me, it seems like forever. But anyway, but it's true, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's true though, right, Pastor Rowe? Very true. Okay, so some of the keys. Prayer. Don't, that's not a cliche. Intercede for your children and grandchildren, nephews, nieces, doesn't matter. Call them out by name. Pray for them by name and see what God is able to do. I remember when I was uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, I came back, hugged my mom, and she said, we've been praying for you, and not exactly like this, but we knew you were at a stage where you could go either direction. And it was prayers, prayers that made, made the difference. Okay, number two. Uh, love your kids. Love your kids. And not just, hey, I love my kids. Show your kids you love them. All right? Uh, it's, it's so important to, for the kids to know that there's somebody who cares for them. Uh, we live in a world that is is long on needing hope, and and they are not feeling like there's any out there. And that's part of the reason we named our church Hope Assembly. We want people to know that there is hope for them. Kids need to know that their parents love them. They need to know that somebody cares for them. They're being, like we said, bombarded from all over the place with all kinds of different things. And they need to know that there's somebody who just genuinely wants what's best for them, loves them, and cares for them. And uh, it's, it's so important. It's so important because they, I, I think you, you had mentioned on the Wednesday night service, uh, they need to know that somebody's there for them unconditionally. You know, it's not like, I love you right now, but as soon as you do something wrong, you're out the door, and I don't care for you anymore. Um, they need to know that, now, that doesn't mean you agree with everything they do. It doesn't mean that you support everything they do, but you do let them know that even though you may disagree with some of the things that they're doing, that you love them, you're always going to be here for them, that you always want what's best for them. We would watch these cooking shows, and there's one called Chopped, if you've ever seen that. And um, they, would, they would say, well, why do you want to be on this show? And all of these chefs would say, we just want to make our parents proud. I thought to myself, how sad that is that they don't know that their parents are proud of them, that they have to go on TV, win some show in order for their parents to be proud. So we started telling our kids, we're, we're game show proud of you. Game show proud. You never have to go on TV 
on a game show and win to know whether we love you or not or accept you. Uh, we're game show proud, and we use that even now uh, all the time. GSP, game show proud. And now they come back and start telling us that, that they're game show proud of, of us. But isn't it sad that you have to accomplish something in order, and there's a, so many. Uh, that there's strings attached. If you get good grades, then you, you know, not that there is not consequences, reward, I get that, but this sense of being accepted and being loved. And again, in your circle, whatever your age category, there are young people that don't know that they're loved. You be the grandparent, you be the aunt, you be the uncle, you be the godly example. You be that light in their life. If they don't have it in their immediate family, you, you be that and love them. And for adult, if your children are adults and maybe they're living a life you don't agree with or, or whatever, instead of only focusing on the disagreement, find something in their life that you can bless. We just call it bless what you can bless. You might not be able to bless their lifestyle or some of their choices. I don't know, whatever the case might be. But find something in their life that you can bless. Maybe they have a kind heart. Maybe they have a generous heart. Maybe they're compassionate. Maybe they're hardworking. Find that one thing in there and bless them for that. Instead of always focusing on what's wrong and the negative, and it, that doesn't help in the long run. Um, it, do, it just doesn't over time, but bless what you can bless and then see what God is able to do through that. Keep the bridges open the best you can. You can't control everything with adult children. And if you're trying to stop because you can't <laughs> and it just makes it worse, but bless what you can bless for that. Let them know that you love them no matter, no matter what. Yeah, I'm, I am far, far, far from uh, the greatest dad in the world. But one thing that my kids should not leave the house uh, when they eventually make their way out, they shouldn't leave without knowing that I love them tremendously. That's and right. I, I try to make sure that I show them in all the different ways that I can. And I don't always do a perfect job, but uh, I, I definitely want them to know that they're loved. I was involved in a funeral several years ago, and um, the, the one son was a psychiatrist, fabulously successful in Chicago. And when he gave a eulogy to his mom, he said, my brother and I always knew we were loved. And I talked to him afterwards and said, how would your practice be different if everyone knew that they were loved the way you knew they were loved? And he said, in essence, I'd probably go out of business. You know, love, love, love your children. And it doesn't mean, well, you know, all that we said. Did you and agree with everything? Demonstrate it. Find Just a way to find a way to love them yeah. for who they are. Not for who you want them to be. All right, that's it for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would say another thing is set the example. Um, I have seen people in the past who um, they want their kids to behave a certain way, and they don't act that way themselves. <laughs> uh, your, your, parent, your, your parents, your kids <laughs> need to see you um, living the way that you want them to live. Um, they have, to, they have to see the things demonstrated in your life. It's so important for them because they are going to be more like you than you want them to be. <laughs> and so if, if you know that they're going to be like you as they get older, and make sure that you're doing everything you can to, to show them those, those good traits inside of you. Um, I, I once had a person um, kind of ask me at one point, about, hey, what's, you know, my kid's getting out of line a little bit. What's some scriptures that I could get? I said, don't, don't do that. 
don't, don't. <laughs> I said, that's not the way to, you know, to just shut them down or, or whatever. Don't just throw scripture at them. Uh, live it. Show them the way that you, you want them to be, and, and they'll go. Don't use the Bible as a bludgeon. Uh, it is something that is beneficial and wonderful and, and can help grow your family and, and um, grow you guys together and, and, and grow you into the people that you want to be and that God wants us to be. Um, but, but don't just use it as a club. <laughs> Absolutely. It, it's worse. It's it worse, and they grow up hating Scripture. Right. Uh, instead of loving it. We, oh, I always said of my dad, he didn't lecture us, he lived it. You know, when we would eat dinner together and uh, he wouldn't set up charts and graphs and all that stuff, he just lived it. Mm. You know, and my father, he didn't even talk about it. We just watched him. You know, he didn't bring attention to himself or I'd hear it from other people what my, what my parents did. You know, that, that, sort of, that sort of thing. You don't have to lecture, just, just live it. And that's what will make, make the difference uh, in your children's life. And you know what? When you mess up, you just tell them and apologize. It's as simple and as hard as that. I've, I've had to do that way too many times. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Oh, I forgot to say that, you know, our wives should be teaching this, but they, they won't should. come up front. So Mine gave me we're the just, notes. Oh, she gave me the notes, yeah. <laughs> I just look over and make sure what I'm saying is okay. That's all. Yeah, that's all. That wasn't okay. Which one? Oh, what I just said. But how about up to that point? Is okay. Meds and meds. All right. Example. Live it. Live the example. Live so, the example. You know, there's a couple of ways that uh, I have jotted down here, just of ways that you can live that example. One is to uh, to love your spouse. Let your kids see you love your spouse. Um, it is so important. My boys, they need an example of what a godly husband is supposed to be. And, and I get, I, I always joke about it and I get wisecracks. I, I kiss my wife in public. Yeah, yeah he does. Oh it's man, it's, it's, it's the worst thing ever, right? I give her hugs and, and, and things like that. And people always are like, oh, come on, doctor. Hey, you know what? Somebody needs to set them example of what a godly husband and wife are supposed to look like. You know, it, they're going to get plenty of the way not to do things from the world, but somebody needs to set an example of, of the way that they should be. We'll doing. call it appropriate affection. Appropriate affection, right? You got to see you got to see the right way of doing it and the the wrong way. We of were doing down it. in the game room a couple weeks ago. I'm trying to play carpet ball, and he leaned over and kissed his wife. Listen, we're here to play carpet ball. <laughs> Stop this mushy, mushy stuff. I can love my wife and play carpet ball at the same time. Okay, all right. I can do both. All right, just, I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. You do you. <laughs> well, I can multitask, right, exactly. Um, <laughs> um, so wait, do you, no, never mind. <laughs> yeah, whatever that was, let's, let's, is a definite never go. mind. Yeah, we're gonna, when we're in gonna doubt, do without. Uh, so, Give. I have. Have the mic mute ready, Steve. <laughs> Just keep your keep your. You guys have the dump the... button up there. Yeah. For the uh, live broadcast. No. Um, so I also have on here. Give. Let your kids see you giving. Right. Uh, I know that there's a, there's uh, you know people who use the scripture. We all see you know. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing and all that other stuff. Hey, you know people can get really legalistic about that. Um, Jesus had a a truth that he was trying to teach us there, which was to not be, you know, trying to gain glory to yourself through your giving. But uh, giving is an important part of what we do as Christians. 
You know, the whole reason we have all this stuff, the reason we have the game room and the different things like that is because of the faithful giving of people from the church. Your kids need to see you doing that. You could be the greatest giver in the world and your kids could grow up and not give a single dime to anything to support anybody because they've never seen you do it. They need to see it modeled by a parent. And it's not trying to gain glory to yourself. It's trying to raise your children. I'm pretty sure we're told to show our kids the way that they're supposed to do things in the Bible. <laughs> it's in I think there, it's so, in the Old Testament, it's, so it's you have to ask Pastor Rick. He's the Old Testament guy. <laughs> but um, we're, we're told to train up our kids in the way that they yeah. should go. No, that's right? Right. We're, tra we're, to, we're, we're told that we're supposed to show them. They need to see that you're a giver and how you do it and, and stuff like that. It's not to be boastful and, and all of that. And, they, and that's the difference. Yes. That's the right. difference between doing it to show off and doing it to show generosity and teaching them. My parents you know, ridiculously generous. Uh, and we just caught that from them. My mom still at 90 years old, she'll see a need and meet a need. And, uh, and somehow God continues to provide, but we learned that from my dad and my mom. And so one of the stories my kids like to recite is we were at Wendy's one time and it was an older guy there. Um, I think it was his 90th birthday and he was there with his daughter. And so I went and bought them Frosties and just took it over the table, said happy birthday. And my kids were younger and they never forgot that. It was a couple bucks, not a big deal. Uh, but they never forgot that. And my, you can't use this term, okay? But I call my son Sonny, you can't call him that. And he calls me Pappy, you definitely can't call me that. <laughs> Sonny and Pappy, okay, you cannot use that. That's for my son and I, but he, he would text and say, I, did a, I pulled up happy. And that means he saw a need and met a need. See, it's just generosity because it's the heart of God. Mm -hmm. You know, all of these things, prayer, it's what's in your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Love, we've been loved so we are able to love others. We've seen generosity, we share generously. All of these things, it's not lecturing, it's living, living, living. Okay? Yeah. Uh, again, prayer is another perfect example. Let your kids see you pray. Yeah. Uh, they, they need to see it. They need to hear you doing it. Um, worshiping God. We're here in church. Uh, there's a reason we don't dismiss the kids till after worship. Right. Your kids need to see you worshiping the Lord. And that's the whole point of that. I don't know if you know that, but I want them to be in here with the presence of the Lord. And I know we had young kids. I know it's difficult for some of them to sit there. But I also know it's not going to kill them. And, uh, you know, we used to have Sunday night services back in the day. And uh, our kids' door would just bring them stuff. Uh, I, say, I say crayons because I'm from Ohio. They're crayons. And uh, in South Jersey, they say crowns. How many say crowns? Come on, admit it. Oh, quite a few. <laughs> You're not from South Jersey crowns. Anyway, we would just bring them stuff, you know, and it, it, it didn't kill them. And so we want our children in here during those times to sense and feel the presence of the Lord. That's why we do it the way, the way we do it. Okay. Um, yeah, but basically that, that set Go. the example, anything you want them to repeat. About four more minutes. Okay. Anything you want them to repeat, just uh, let them, let them see it. Um, set limits on their technology. Uh, make sure that you're not just unboxing a, a, a device and handing it to them and off they go. All right. Um, don't just let them be on it all day. And they, I mean, those things are great. 
it's part of our lives, it's part of our world. Kids need to be on them, they need to get used to them, things like that. But hey, get them off there and, and play a board game with them. Yeah. Play a, you know, put a puzzle together with them. They will hate it. They will hate you for it. But they will remember and enjoy it later on when they're older. Yeah. Um, because but, that's what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember the stupid game they played you know, a million years ago. Um, we call the table our no-sell no zone. You know, when we're eating, when we're doing whatever else. And you know what? I, I'm the worst at it because I have my phone with me all the time. And I, that's going to be something I want to work on, uh, work on, too. My wife tells me I text like a teenage girl. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. That many texts. That's a lot of texts. I do about, two, about oh, between 1,500 and 2,000 texts a month. Uh, that's a lot of texting. Now, 90% of it is, you know, church-related and interacting and connecting. But that's not an excuse to have it with me all the time. It's just a justification. But yeah, I heard this one great thing. You uh, change the password on the Wi-Fi, and every time their kid gets one of their chores done, you give them another letter to the Wi-Fi. And uh, I love that. That's a, that's a good one. You had a kid uh, clapping that, for that Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah. So that, that's a good one. But, but yeah, limit these things. You're the parent. Even grandparents at your house just say, you know, we're going to set that aside for now. They're going to hate it. They're going to hate it, but they'll appreciate it later. Right. They, they really, really will. And then uh, the last thing I have is uh, for these practical steps for just parents is uh, protect, but don't shelter. Protect, but don't shelter. We're, we're in a, a Christian community here. Uh, we're all here on a Sunday morning enjoying uh, this wonderful service. And Christians have a tendency sometimes, we see the evils of the world and we want to just completely keep them away from our kids. Your kids are going to see the evils of the world at some point. Um, and it's, it's important to have a way of slowly introducing that to them in the appropriate way so that they notice it and know how to deal with it and know how to handle it the right way. Um, I've seen a, a, a ton of people who were very sheltered and they get out there because they're going to grow up. They're going to get out on their own at some point. And when they are, they're either going to get it all at once or you can slowly have them introduced to it and know how to handle it at a time where you can show them the appropriate way to, to, to deal with it, certain things that should be avoided at all costs, other things that it's like, okay, well, in moderation, this might be all right, and things like that. So. Absolutely. We, we talked about similar. We talked about filtering instead of sheltering, teaching children at each stage how to filter some of the things they're going to see. And again, all of these kind of tie in together uh, in, a, in a package, but you can't shelter them from everything. You're just not going to be able to do that. And I saw that too when I was in Bible school. The, the kids that weren't allowed to do anything when they got to Bible school did everything because it was the first time they got a taste of freedom. It was like, woo. And I mean, it got bad. They did bad things, you know, or they couldn't manage their time because let's say, I remember this one, you know, uh, the group's going out for pizza, but they had a paper due. Well, they couldn't pass up the opportunity for pizza because they were never allowed to go out with a group before. <laughs> you see what I mean? You can't, you can't uh, shelter them from that. It'll, it'll not work in the long run. You teach filtering, filtering how to do that. When my brother went to Europe, their standards of modesty are completely different 
than our standards of modesty. And there was no way to avoid it. You teach them to, to shelter, or not shelter, you teach them to filter, <laughs> to filter. You know, there's, there's no way to do that. Conceal, we, don't feel. Right? We would. <laughs> Seven, that's, a, that's a frozen reference, I'm sorry. Seven, seven second delay. Um, I don't even know what you said. I just it was a frozen on. thing, don't worry about it. Uh, it was no big deal. Frozen movie? Yeah, no. frozen movie. I hate that movie. Anyway. They, they, they tried to hide her away and lock her up so that she, oh. instead of teaching her how to deal with her, her powers, they tried to just hide her and make her scared of everything. I see. Yeah. I never caught that. Uh, I was probably sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay used to get so mad we'd watch movies and I'd fall asleep. But then as soon as they let her out of the room, she went running off into the woods and made a castle for herself. All by herself out in the middle of nowhere. Pastor Joe, this I'm is beautiful. You, frozen's a, no. <laughs> beautiful. You've opened my world. It's got spiritual implications. I opened didn't realize it until just now. <laughs> wow. That'll preach. That'll preach. Anyway, anyway. We want you to know that yeah, we'll watch it this afternoon. I'll definitely be sleeping this afternoon. Pentecostal nap, and all God's men said, Amen. Amen. How many? No, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to nope, get nope, into nope, it. Nope, nope, nope. Not going to get into it. Um, we're here to help. We can't solve issues, all of the issues. We're not Jesus, but we're here to help, and we're here to partner, and we're here to kind of focus on our areas of ministry so that we have resources available to you. Um, you know, my stage of life is different than Pastor Joe's. He has insights into things I don't. Pastor Rowe works with young people on a daily basis in a way that, that I don't. But, and you know, Pastor Rick is working with people in different stages of life and doing a tremendous, tremendous job uh, with that. We're here to help. And if we don't know the answer, we'll, we'll try to get it, but we'll always be here to love you and to encourage you and to, and to bless you. That's the whole uh, family life ministry. That's what that's, we're, we're that's here for. The whole church. Because sometimes just, parents just need to know that they're not the only ones going crazy. That's right. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm not the only one trying to figure this out all by myself and have no idea what's going on. Somebody else, I'm sure, out there is that's right. having the same thing. And, and it's, it's good to know that. It's good you know, know, it's important. The enemy thinks tries to get us to think we're the only ones. It's just not, just not true. We're here for you. We're here to help you. And this church loves you. And I love you. And I hope you know that. And Pastor Joe does too. Uh, we care about each of you and we pray for you. And when you're going through difficult times, we wish that we could solve everything, but we can't. But please know that we are there to love, encourage, and, and bless you. Well, I want to thank Pastor Joe for his great insights into this and a little bit different today uh, than just standard preaching, but I know some, some information was shared uh, that's going to help and that you can be a steward of going, going forward at this time. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.